0: for the Pregnancy Care Center, and so it's a free concert, but we want you to bring your money so that you could give to the care center, and uh, you know, this is something that was put upon the heart of our our own weak sheep uh, band, and they're going to be playing with these other folks, and so it's going to be a great time. If you can get a sitter for that night, we encourage you to do so. If not, um, you are responsible for your children. We uh, week she played a a concert um, at Christmas time, and um, I was kind of surprised by the lack of concert etiquette by uh, some of the parents letting their children just run around and people talking. About, I mean, it was like a you know like a nightclub or a bar more than you know where you come and you sit and you listen. And so it's going to be a great evening, great evening of music. Uh, so mark your calendars for that. Would you turn in your Bibles at this time to First Timothy chapter four? You might be thinking, well, wait a minute, I thought we're in Mark chapter six, and we would be in Mark chapter six. Uh, we're going through the Gospel of Mark, but I felt uh, I don't know. It's a weird term to use. I felt. I, I sensed a, a leading from the Lord, and I, I, I hope it was from the Lord, um, to kind of go a different direction today. And I want to pre-warn you, before I even begin, that this is going to be very heavy. So if you don't like heavy things, you know, you might want to just slip out, you know. If you don't. But I invite you to stay because um, these are not only heavy things, but they are very important things. I know that we live in a strange time. We live in a strange time as far as our own country is concerned. We live in a strange time as far as the earth is concerned. We live in a strange time as far as the church is concerned. I mean, it seems like everything has just kind of gone sideways, everything. And uh, even within the church, you know, it's sad to me. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been walking with Jesus for a long time and been in the ministry for almost the the whole amount of time that I've been walking with Jesus. And I just see that there is a trend among people who profess to be disciples of Jesus Christ, though I wonder if they truly are. Because Jesus says, you are my disciples if you abide in my word. And it seems like there are a lot of people that are offended by the word of God rather than abiding in the word of God. It seems that there's a lot of people in a lot of churches today that just want to go to church to feel happy, you know, say something, pastor, to make me feel good when I leave, and, and then all will be good, and that's how it should be. Keep it positive, keep it positive. And I wonder, you know, if they've ever really read, studied the Word of God. I wonder if they've ever considered, you know, the words of Jesus. Jesus is the one who told us to count the cost of being a disciple, that it would be a hard row. road, you know, to travel, and that it was not going to be difficult. In fact, he told us that even being a Christian is by entering through the narrow way rather than the broad way. Lord, I pray today that as I share these scriptures and the things that I believe you placed upon my heart, I pray, Father, for everyone hearing in the building here upstairs, downstairs, those listening on the live stream at this time, we pray, Father, that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say. I don't pretend, I don't, uh, I don't want to even uh, hint to the fact that everything that comes out of my mouth is from you, because that would be a lie. And, Lord, I know that some of the things I'm sharing this morning are strictly my opinion, and I pray that the folks would be gracious towards me as i share my opinion about things but all in all lord i pray that at the end of this teaching that at least we would consider the scriptures maybe not so much what i had to say but consider the scriptures that were read and that we would we would ask ourselves the question am i ready and so we ask this in jesus name amen And that is a question that I would present to you. Uh, Are you ready for what is coming? Are you ready for what is coming? You're in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 1. Paul, of course, writing to Timothy, he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the last or latter times, some will Depart uh, that apostate apostasy. Some will depart from the faith, and is this happening? Let me just right off the bat: is it happening? It's happening. It's happening. People that we once served with, that we once walked with, you know, they're no longer walking with the Lord. What's happened to them? You know, again, some will say, "Well, they were never saved; they were just faking it." I, I don't know. The scripture just simply says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. And this is why, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. I'm convinced that there are many people who have departed from the faith, and yet they don't believe that they've departed from the faith. In fact, they might even believe that they're going deeper with the Lord. I think of the new apostolic stuff that's happening, you know. The modern-day prophets and, and all, and, and the things that they're doing, and the, the doctrines that they're teaching, they are literally doctrines of demons. And sadly, the people in their churches are not trained in the word of God enough to recognize the word of God from the word of a demon, from the doctrines of demons. And yet these people would say, no, we're the, we're the spiritual ones, we're the ones that have gone deeper in the things of the Lord, and yet they have departed from the faith. Paul goes on to say that they are speaking lies and hypocrisy. I picture someone telling you a lie, and yet they put on the mask of the hypocrite. You know, I'm really telling the truth. I am. Listen to me. How many stories have we heard of people that claim to have gone to heaven, except their their stories don't line up with the few accounts we have of people who are, actually taken to heaven, you know. What are you going to believe? Some yo-yo who writes a book and makes millions of dollars off of his his book, his or her book, or the word of God, where the apostle Paul says, I was caught up to the third heaven, and by the way, I can't even speak of the things that I saw and heard. And yet people are writing books about this today. He goes on and he says, having their own consci- conscious Conscience seared with a hot iron, colorized. It it means to render, unable to feel. They have departed from the faith. They have bought into the lies of uh, uh, deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Their own conscience has been seared to the point that they're unable to feel any longer or unable to sense what is right, what is biblical, any longer. You need to be ready because it's begun. You say, what's begun? You'll catch on as I go on. It's begun. I believe it began. I believe we began living in the last days in, uh, at the time of Christ. When Jesus came upon the earth, that, I believe that's when the last days began. But I'll tell you what, they have been sped up over the past two years. If you've been paying attention, you know that to be true. The Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Again, writing to Timothy. Look what it says in verse 2. Paul says to Timothy, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. And here's the reason why. For the time will come, and I'll tell you, it's come, when they will not endure sound doctrine, listen, but according to their own desires. See, this is modern-day Christianity. This is modern-day Christian. Listen, I have desires. I have things that I want to hear. Pastor, shut up and, and talk about the love of God. That's all we need to hear. Just tell us good things, smooth words. Remember when the prophets of old were told to just speak smooth words? They didn't want to hear? I think of the prophets of old. You should be a student of the scripture, all scripture, Old Testament as well, and you'll see that some things never change. You know, Solomon was right. There's nothing new under the sun as it was then, so it is now. People don't want to hear the truth. They just want to hear things that make them feel good. It says that according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, it literally means ears that want to hear rumors, is what it, the idea behind it. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. So this is what they're doing. And then look what happens. And be turned, so they will be... And be turned aside to fables. Now, you might say, well, I'm, I'm with you so far, Dan. It's the word of God. I have no objections. Well, hold on. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, turning aside to fables. I want to give you just a, a quick uh, overview look at the past two years. Of course, it's a thumbnail uh, description of the things we've dealt with in the past two years but I just wanted to consider these things because I think that there is a reason behind the things that we've experienced March 24th 2020 Governor Inslee signed a statewide proclamation for all Washingtonians to stay at home for two weeks Do you remember that for two weeks non-essential workers were out of work You might have remembered that. Many of you had to file for unemployment. And, of course, they added to the unemployment to make it a little easier for many of you. Students were out of school. Well, that ended up being a blessing, didn't it? It opened the eyes of a lot of parents because once they started school up again and it was live streamed, the parents, to their shock and awe, were able to see and to hear what their children had been Taught. and they were blown away and we witnessed in the in the past two years we witnessed this revolution of parents waking up going to school boards taking a stand and saying this is not going to continue and praise God for those parents that love their children enough to get involved I'll tell you are you aware of the fact that homeschooling has super abounded in the past two years that there are more parents that are homeschooling their children now because of what they know? That was all exposed over the past two years. Of course, non-essential businesses were shut down. I think of the business owners who lost their means of livelihood because they had no one coming, no one coming to their business, their whatever it might be, their restaurant, whatever, and it really hit them hard. And many of them, they didn't have the, you know, the the savings to survive such a blow to their business, and many businesses were closed up. I think it was done on purpose. And, of course, churches, and that's what I wanted to get to, the churches were shut down because they were deemed non-essential. And so churches closed down two weeks. At least that's how it was supposed to be. I was thinking this week, in light of what's happening, you might say, Dan, why are you talking about this? Because, you know, guys, I'm current. I I listen to the news. I I watch what's happening, like, today. I I know what's happening in our culture. I'm not living in the past. And I was thinking, in light of, of... where we are right now and what's coming. I was thinking of the coronavirus restrictions that we have all lived under. When I say all, I'm not saying all Washingtonians. I'm saying all. I'm, saying, I'm not saying all Americans. I'm saying all. I'm saying globally. I want you to think about that. Globally, the, uh, the restrictions that we've lived under for two years. Don't wear a mask. Remember when we were told, don't wear a mask, you don't need to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Later, Fauci tells us that the reason he said that is because he wanted to make sure that there would be enough masks for the health workers. Then it was wear a mask. Now we're hearing, well, the masks don't really work. I mean, the, the, the conflicting information that we get, it's been head spinning as we've listened to this. You know, wear a mask into a restaurant until you get to your table, and then it's safe to remove your mask. You know, as I was going through this at the first service, the first service, they just couldn't contain themselves from laughing. And I said, you know, guys, it's funny. We laugh about it now, but this is what we lived through for two years. And and we laugh at it now because we realize how ridiculous this whole thing was. And I think there was a reason behind it. Tracy and I went out to dinner early on. uh, We went to Coopville, went to a nice restaurant there and went in. Of course, we were wearing our masks to get into the restaurant. They wouldn't let us in the restaurant without our mask. We got to our table. We immediately took off our mask as everyone around us had their mask off, you know. And the host, the one who brought us to the table, immediately came back to the table and said, I'm sorry, you need to put your mask back on until your water is served. So then we realize that uh, that must be a new science, that water is somehow a filter. <laughs> you know, guys, it is, it is it is troubling. Lies and fables. You say, well, you think that's what Paul was talking about? No. I think he was speaking of spiritual lies and fables. But I think that we've been living in a time of lies and fables in the world today. I... I In a few days, Governor, the governor will tell us that it's time to take off our mask, and people will take off their mask because the governor said it's time to take off our mask. And that alone is disturbing. I personally believe, and you could disagree with anything I say, I would encourage you not to disagree with the word as I'm reading the word, but any of my opinions, you could surely disagree with any of those things. But I am convinced that we have been living for two years in kind of a a laboratory, kind of a psychological conditioning laboratory. How will they respond? How will they deal with this? If we tell them, you can't do this, you can't do that, you must do this, you must do that, how will they respond? And of course, you know, I don't blame, I, we surely didn't blame the host that, hostess that came up and said, uh, you know, you need to put your mask on until your water arrives. I don't blame her because, you know, everyone's confused about it. She was just simply doing what she was told. It's ridiculous now. It's comical. You, you laugh at you and you say, I can't believe we were subject to that. And she would probably say, I'm embarrassed that I would even tell people such a thing now. But I believe that we've been conditioned. And my question is, to what end? For what purpose? Now, listen, if you know Bible prophecy, you know where I'm going. You you know that I, if you've been around here, you know that I'm always reading, studying Bible prophecy, and I'm looking at... What the scriptures tell us will come, and I believe is coming, and we're seeing the, the signs of these things, and so you know where I'm going with this. If you're not uh, familiar with the church or familiar with Bible or Bible prophecy, you're probably wondering, why is he even talking about these things? We reopened the church on May 31st. It happened to be the day of Pentecost. I thought that was an appropriate day to reopen we reopened after 2 months of being closed and i i am embarrassed i am embarrassed almost to the point of tears i am embarrassed and ashamed that we closed our church for 2 months i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed of it in light of what the word of god says let me read the word of God to you. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. It literally means without leaning. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking or leaving behind the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord's return approaching. It's no accident that we've been dealing with this madness for two years. We're at the, we're, we're, we're at the end. Are you ready? We're, we're living in the days in which the prophets long to see and, and to understand. Are you ready? We're living in those days. Some folks, you know, they, they went back to their churches only to find the ones that did open. Some churches stayed closed for eight months, 10 months, a year. Some are still closed. Some churches closed their doors because they were renting uh, facilities, you know, like a storefront or something like that, and uh, they could not maintain their rent or their lease and because depending upon where you were at in the world in the state of Washington the restrictions were harsher than other places there are many churches that just went belly up I know some pastors there were pioneering churches that have they're no longer pioneering the church the church doesn't exist there were people in this fellowship that used to attend other fellowships, other churches. When their churches finally opened up, they returned only to find that their pastor had been listening to the wrong voices. And so their pastors set restrictions on the people, belittled the people. And if that wasn't bad enough, their pastors from the pulpit began to speak of things that has nothing to do with the Word of God. You say, well, Dan, you're speaking about things that has nothing to do with the Word of God. You're speaking of current events, things that are happening. Yes, but they were speaking of George Floyd and the evils of the police and critical race theory and saving Mother Earth. That is an agenda. You're going to hear more and more about that. You're going to see it's come from the Pope, the Pope of the Catholic Church. Are you listening to what he's saying about saving Mother Earth? He's a lunatic. He has no consideration, no regard for Father God. I don't know about Mother Earth. For Father God, who holds all things together, as the scriptures declare. And there were many people, when they returned to their churches, they started to attend here by default. Some started attending here because we were the only church open, and so they started attending. Not all people stayed. Some people, you know, they don't like our style. That's another thing that's big with Christians today, style, you know. Got to have the right style. But others did stay. And some that stayed, they would tell me, well, we went back to our church and our pastor got woke while we were closed down. He's not the same. He's talking about things he shouldn't be talking about. Listen, as all of this was happening... As all of this was happening, as all of this was taking place, two years of this insanity, the world was moving rapidly toward, here it is, get ready to call me a conspiracy nut. We're moving rapidly to the new world order and tyranny, just as it needs to be in the last days. You say, New World Order, oh, that's a conspiracy. I saw that on Wikipedia, you know, and I read about that. My daughter, one of my daughters, Marielle, told me right before we came out to pray, she said that uh, one of the leaders in the Ukraine, you know, of course, talking about what's happening in the Ukraine, was saying that Putin has been trying to stop Ukraine's effort to move forward to the new world order oh it's a conspiracy it doesn't exist sure it does have you been listening have you listened to the the president or what is he edward in australia prime minister prime minister he uses the same term new world order we're going to new zealand same thing new world order britain new world order all of the uk new world order (laughs) Everyone's talking about it. And yet Christians are like, that's a conspiracy. It's not true. You know, what, guys, the Bible declares that the world is going to be united under one individual. We say, yes, I believe that, but I don't believe in the new world order. Well, how do you think it's going to get there? We're watching these things take place. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24, please. Jesus was asked by his disciples three questions, and here's part of the answer to their questions. In Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 4, Jesus says, Take heed that no one deceive you. That no one deceives you. Do we live in a world of deception or what? It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. I hope I'm not going to embarrass her she's not in the room but she's in the building but one of our sisters she's she's Russian and I've been drilling her with questions the past few weeks I want to know things from a Russian perspective and we're talking down in the kitchen It's amazing how ignorant people can be you know Now we're all against the Russians those Russians those horrible Russians Ukraine—they're the heroes. And guys, have you? Can you back up for a little bit? First of all, recognize that Russians are people and Ukrainians are people, and people are people, and people need to be saved, and people need Jesus, and people are coming to faith in Christ. And nations will do what they're going to do, and the leaders of those nations will do what they're going to do, regardless of the people. Nobody votes on a war. You know what I mean? People, the masses. Should we go? Leaders do that. They don't fight in the war. They have others to do the dirty work. But we're talking about how there, we're just talking about different things. And I said to her, I said, you know what? If there's one thing that's been drilled home in my brain is we're being lied to all the time. We're being lied to all the time. I, I, you know, I probably ten years ago. It might have been longer. Some of my kids, you know, I have five adult children. They all have their own families, and my adult children, probably about ten years ago, they came to me. Some of them said, "Dad, we want you to listen to some things. We want you to read some things." and and it had to do with our own government. And, and I, I'll tell you, I, I read it, and I'm an old guy, and so I rejected the things that they were giving me. And I said, you know what, I just don't buy it. I don't believe it. It's not true. And they said, well, Dad, I, I, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just simply saying, you know, it's, it's worth researching the stuff, isn't it? Because they knew that I would research it. And I began to research it. Pride keeps, see, we're Americans, so pride, we are the elite, we are above approach, we are the, listen, I'm not down talking our nation, I'm just simply saying that we live in a fallen world a fallen people, sinful leaders, every country is full of sinful leaders who have their own agenda, and usually it's not for the good of the masses, Jesus said, take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, and of course we hear that now, don't we, I mean, you say, yeah, Russia and Ukraine, And what, what about China and Taiwan? What about all the other wars and rumors of wars that are happening in the world? Most of us don't know about them or really care about them because they don't affect us, and we just kind of put them out of our mind. But I would encourage you to research how many wars or the potential, you know, the rumors of wars, potential wars beginning around the world right now. Jesus says, see that uh, that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Nation against nation. I was telling in the first service that I, you know, I have taught from the scripture, from Matthew chapter 24, uh, many, many times, I can't even remember how many times, over my, you know, life walking with Jesus and ministry as a Bible teacher, and up until two years ago, I never took time, and, and those of you that are familiar with the church, you know that many times I'll point out words, and I'll say, well, the Greek word that's used here, it means this, just to kind of highlight the text a little bit. And all the years, up until two years ago, maybe a little less than two years ago, I never even considered looking at the word nation. You know why? Because I assumed, it well, it's nation against nation. I, I know what that means. And then Bible prophecy teachers started saying, do you know what that word is? It's ethnos. It's ethnic group against ethnic group. This is what we're seeing right now. Ethnic group against ethnic group. Do I have to remind you what happened two years ago? Just as the epidemic was hitting the world, in the United States of America, streets, cities, cities, we're being burnt down. Why? Well, it was a protest. Anyone there to stop? No, 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 no. no. We've got we to gotta let them do what they want to do. They've got to get this out of their system because they've been oppressed. Because we live in a, we live in a, a racist country. And if you're, if you're white, you're racist. And you might not think that you're racist, but you are racist. So you need to accept the fact that you're a racist. And silly pastors bought into the lie. Now, let me tell you, if the pastor was racist, he needs to repent before God because that's sin. We're created in God's image. I mean, you know, the the whole idea of races and all of this type of thing and looking down, I mean, that's that's sin. That's not of God. So repent of it if, if that's where you're at. But silly pastors, they would... They would go before the congregation and get their congregation to confess this horrible sin of racism that they had. And all of these different things, nation against nation, ethnic group against ethnic group. I'm telling you, it was so disturbing. I'm an old guy. I keep telling you guys this to make a point. I'm an old guy. And I remember racism. I remember I didn't grow up in the South. I grew up in... Southern California, you say Southern California, yeah, Southern California, and I remember when the Watts riots were taking place in Los Angeles. I remember it, and I remember the racism, and I remember the you know just the hateful things that were said and that were done and and, and, and I remember the tension at that time, my dad, my dad. Uh, was not a hippie, but he acted like a hippie. My dad was a businessman. My dad was a three-piece suit businessman uh, making multi-million dollar deals, uh, living the high life. But my dad, just the way he carried himself, was very down to earth. And kind of at that time, a lot of the hippies, you know, everyone was brother. Some of the older people remember, hey, brother, how you doing? I'm doing good, brother. And I remember one time, my dad, as he's talking to a a black man, and he says, all right, brother, good to see you. And the guy stopped him and said, hey, man, you're not my brother. And it just kind of came down on my dad. I remember racism. I remember how it went both ways. And I've lived since the Watts riots to the present day. And I'm telling you, there wasn't the tension. People... Generally, you're always going to have racist people. You're always going to have hateful people because that's how people are. That's sinful people. But all of a sudden, there was a stirring up of something that wasn't there. And now all of a sudden, it's there. And there's this tension. And yet Jesus told us it would be like this 2,000 years ago. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And many will be offended and will betray one another. I have to touch on it. I don't know what Jesus was referring to. I think probably offended because one has a faith in Christ, the other doesn't have faith in Christ, and and so you're stumbled by that. You betray one another and will hate one another. But I think of the madness that has happened over the past two years, families being divided because some are listening to the rhetoric of the world, to the voices of the world, to the experts of the world. And so now they don't want to associate with their family members that are not vaccinated, or not walking in the line, and I think it's tragic. That's demonic. Mom and dad, you can't come. Kids, I don't want you by the house. What? We're family. Golly, I would rather die together than live separately like strangers. I don't even understand that mindset. It's so self centered. And Christ, we're to be Christ centered and then other centered, aren't we? I mean, that's what the Christian message is. It's not me, me, me. It's you, you, you. It's other centered. I know what some of you are thinking. I won't repeat the words. I know what some of you are thinking. It's it's other centered to walk the line. It's other-centered to do this. It's other-centered, you know, people. And I believe it, and I know it. And people were were sick, and people died. And I know all these things. I know all these things. But there is a greater, there's a bigger picture that we've seen over this past two years. And I believe that they are setting things up for what's about to happen. And many false prophets will rise and de- uh, and deliver many, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Has that happened? Sure it's happened. You know, as a man, I have no patience for weak men. I don't. I have no patience for a man that will, you know, just browbeat a woman, you know, I have no patience for, for, you know, strangers to just kind of, you know, be rude or, you know, just that kind of stuff. It just irritates me. It really irritates me. It just happened to my daughter yesterday. And when she told me about it, I thought he would never do that to me. He would never talk to me like that. He talked to you because you're a woman. Because he thought he could do it. He could get away with it. And he did get away with it. I just think that there have been so many changes that have taken place. Listen, we need to be aware. I, I, am, not, I am not saying that, you know, Inslee will... Move his scepter forward, possibly, maybe. It's, you know, there's a question mark about it because here's a man with power that probably should not have any power and, and he, will, he will deem it's time now. And he will come off like the hero. I am the one, as he said early on. I'm the only one to save Washington. Who do you think you are? And he will move his scepter forward, and there will be people that will say, now we're liberated, take off your mask, we're free. Here's the thing, guys, can I throw something at you here? There are some people that will still feel uncomfortable not wearing a mask, and I'll tell you, we need to be gracious. I think we've been very gracious to people that... You know, some come, they wear masks. Some come, most come, they don't wear masks. But we know that when we're out and about, there will be people that will continue to wear masks. It would be wrong for us if we cop an attitude for the, toward them and say, oh, come on, get over it, didn't you hear? Because then we're just playing into the whole thing with them. Some people, maybe they should wear masks. They need to wear a mask. But I'm telling you, there's a problem if we're making our decisions based upon a man who says, This or that. Fauci has been the expert of our country. Fauci has been the expert, I can't even believe this, of other countries. It's what Fauci says, what Fauci says, what Fauci says. A man who's not an elected official, who has more power in our country than anyone else in our country. And watch what happens to Fauci because he's been used, and now he needs to be sidelined. Watch it. It's coming. Well, we think that Fauci, maybe, you know, some of the authority went to his head, and yes, Fauci was wrong about a number of things, and Fauci, you know, but he did his thing, and, and you're going to see him being played down, because that's what the world does. They use people. They use people for, for their own end, but it doesn't last long. You know what's interesting? I just read you that text. Here's another shift. Here's another change that's, that's happened in the past two years. I don't ever remember hearing this before. But now I'm hearing Bible teacher after Bible teacher after Bible teacher telling us that when Jesus spoke the words that I just read in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 on down, that what Jesus was actually saying is these are not signs. Have you heard this? These are not signs. No signs to be seen here. There's always been wars and rumors of wars. There's always been nation rising up against nation. There's always been earthquakes in various places. There's always been. There's no sign to be seen. In fact, they would say, the sign is not seen until you get to the abomination that causes desolation. That's the sign. But the other things are not signs. Jesus was saying... There will be no signs. But is that what the scriptures teach? The scriptures say, Jesus, he says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. He says, these are the beginnings. He doesn't say, this is the end. He says, these are the beginnings of sorrows. You know the word sorrows. It literally means the pangs, P-A-N-G, or throes of childbirth. These are, the, these are the contractions. Now, ladies, mothers, when the contractions came, was that a nothing thing? <laughs> or was it an indication? Was it a sign that something bigger was coming? Of course, it was a sign that something bigger was coming. Jesus said, then they will deliver you up to tribulation to kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. In the last year, last year alone, there have been over 340 million Christians living in places where they are persecuted and discriminated against. When we pulled out of Afghanistan, we left many, many Christians in Afghanistan who came to faith in Christ because they heard the gospel preached to them from the men and women's armed services serving over there. And we pulled out. And I'll tell you, the persecution that's taking place right now in Afghanistan, and it's not just Afghanistan. Let me give you some stats. They won't be that impressive because, you know, they're not in the millions. But in one year period of time, 4,761 Christians have been killed for their faith. That's the man, what we know. I, I don't think that those who martyr Christians, you know, fill out a form and then hand it in so that we could have an accurate reading of these things. Here's another one, four thousand four hundred eighty. Eight churches uh, have been attacked and destroyed. Guys, how many churches were attacked and destroyed north of the border? I mean, let's put this into perspective here. Guys, can I remind you, how many churches were attacked and destroyed in our own country when the churches refused to shut down because of the COVID restrictions, do you remember down the south? You talk about racism. I remember the black pastor speaking of the fact that they burnt down our church. What'd you do, pastor? We kept our doors open. The crime of the century. I'm telling you, there's a double standard, and if you guys can't see it, you're blind. 4,277 believers detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, in prison. I want you to think for a moment of the pastors that have been fined, arrested, and jailed here in the West over the past two years for simply not complying to the mandates to shut the doors of their church. You say, "Ah, I hear about them, I don't know about that. We hear about the pastors in Canada, but we personally know a pastor. Mike McClure in California. He personally and his youth pastor have been fined over $2 million. What's their crime? What'd they do? They kept their doors open. I love it. They didn't only keep their doors open, but churches in their community, because they have a huge facility. Nate used to attend there. Um, Churches that lost their facilities because Of the shutdown, they opened up their buildings so that the churches could meet in their facilities. You need to be ready because it's begun. Peter wrote, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. Do you hear that? They're scoffers, and maybe the reason they scoff is because they're walking according to their own lust. And this is what they say. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. There are people in churches that say that. People who attend those churches say that. Oh Jesus, yeah, he could come back. You know, it's it's like, what are you reading? Are you are you seeing the signs of the times in which we're living? He could come back. I don't think he'll come back in my lifetime. You know what that tells me? You don't want him to come back in your lifetime. I've been walking with Jesus for 40 years, and for 40 years, 40 plus years, I've been excited about Jesus coming. You say, you know, this is doom and gloom, and it's depressing, and I don't want to hear these things, and they scare me. And here's the problem. You're not seeing the prize at the end. You know, when I gave the illustration, when Tracy and I were dating, uh, she went to Europe for a month, and so she's gone for a month, and and uh, I needed to pick her up at an airport in Los Angeles. It, was, it wasn't LAX, but it was kind of this other, it was kind of a weird thing over off the side of LAX. And so she says, babe, can you pick me up? And this is when I'm coming in and everything, and it's in LA. We lived in San Diego, so, you know, going to LA was never fun. And if I would have said, you know, it's really a drag, man, I... Gosh, I gotta put I gotta put gas in my little bug, you know, which would have been about six bucks to fill the tank back then. But um, and and then I gotta drive all the way through the L.A. traffic to LAX, and and then wait there. The plane's probably gonna be late. And oh man, doom and gloom, what a drag. Do you know that I didn't think of any of that stuff? Why? Because I was looking forward to the prize. She's coming home and we're going to be together and she doesn't know that the moment we get back to my parents house I'm I'm going to pop the question I mean I'm d- d- done with this separation thing man we're going to we're going to we're going to make it happen and I'll tell you when people have this attitude almost like it could come at any time I don't have time I I spend so much time and I'm sorry but there's Books from Don Stewart, Don Stewart, Pastor Don Stewart, and uh, I had I read it at the first service, but I'm not going to do it now. 25 signs that we're living in the end days. You you need to study these things so that you could know that we're living in the end days, the last of days. Are you ready? Are you hearing that? That's really the heart of this. Are you ready? It's begun. It's not going to stop. We're seeing the results. You know what we're seeing the results of? Listen to this, please. We're seeing the results of Romans one twenty four. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. We are seeing the results of Romans one twenty six. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. We are seeing the results of Romans chapter one verse twenty eight through thirty two. God gave them over to a debased mind to do things that are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness sexual immorality wickedness covetousness maliciousness full of envy murder strife deceit evil-mindedness they are whisperers backbiters haters of god violent proud boasters inventors of evil things this is what we're seeing now inventors of evil things disobedient to parents undiscerning untrustworthy unloving unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those things practiced by them. God gave them over to a debased mind. Listen, this is God's judgment. You say, oh, the church, man, it's really changed. It's really opened up to a lot of things. And it's not the church of our parents. Yeah. It's because God has given us over to a debased mind. Not us. Not, you know, if you're a follower of Christ. But guys, this is why we we have this, this one mind type of mentality among so many people. Why is it that, and another thing we found out in the past two years, that many of the many of the leaders of the world went to the same school? Were trained by the same instructors? There's an agenda. And if we don't see this, we're not going to be ready. Because I'll tell you what, if we, uh, the Lord, he spoke things before they happened so that when they happen, we may know that he is God. But he, he spoke these things, not to scare us, but the We might be prepared. Some of you, you know, you look like death warmed over. Shame on you. Honestly. Because you know what? You may be sitting here and saying, I don't need this. I'm good to go. Maybe you're good to go. What about the person next to you? Maybe they're not good to go. Maybe it's not a message for you today. Maybe it's for someone else today. Are you ready? Jesus is coming back. This is the reality of which we live. You can say, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I don't like you, Dan. That's fine. I don't care. But Jesus wants us to share the gospel with people so that they might be ready. Because when he comes, he will come. I'm sorry I'm emotional, but I am emotional Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah was were, also shall it be, uh, or also will it, will the coming of the Son of Man be? For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the bed, uh, or in the field, excuse me. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore. You say, well, Dan, that's not, you know, that's not rapture. I don't think it's rapture. I think it's judgment. I think the text is judgment. But the exhortation stands, watch, therefore. For you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Are you ready? say, how can I be ready? Repent. Admit that you're a sinner. Turn from your sinful life. Turn to faith in Christ. Live in him. Live for him. Are you ready? Jesus is coming back, and people are perishing for lack of knowledge. And they see us go off to church and come home for church, and hello. And people are perishing for lack of knowledge. And we don't want to admit, I don't care about them because that goes against who we are as Christians. I don't care about them. We're so easily offended as Christians because everything's about us. What an embarrassment that is. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, his promise of coming. As some count slackness, but His long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the heart of God. He's patient. Why haven't you come yet, Lord? He's patient. Why are you taking so long, Lord? Because I don't want any to perish. See, it's not this hateful God that just can't wait to usher people into hell. It's a loving God that's so patient. This is going to sound blasphemous, but I think that the Lord made a mistake using us, thinking that we would carry out the task Of the Great Commission. We need to be people who are moved emotionally, biblically. We need to be people, you say, Dan, you got this issue about masks, you got this issue about covid you got this issue about government you got this issue about so dan you got issues you know and i do I, I do have issues about these because i see all of these things as coming you know to, to, to a just a, a head and and it's like I, I i read what daniel was told in the book of daniel i read what we read in the book of revelation i read what what paul wrote in second thessalonians uh concerning the antichrist and and I just see how all of these things are tying together. And and here's the thing, I'm pre trib. So I believe that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump of God, not the last judgment judgment trumpet, but the last trump of God, I shall be caught up to be with the Lord. My imperishable bo- imperishable body will take on immortality or immortal anyway, you know how it <laughs> reads. <laughs> Excuse me. But I believe that. I I believe I'm good to go. I'm out of here. When that trumpet blast, I'm out of here. I'm going home. But I still have fear for those who are not ready. And my heart aches. It aches for those who are lost. It truly does. And as a pastor of a church, um, and, you know, if it's pride, the Lord will nail me. But I I would hate to pastor a church for so many years and have people attend the church that I pastored never getting offended enough to ask the Lord Lord am I ready I would hate to pastor a church and I know this isn't true of me where everyone loved me but uh, they were going to hell because they do not know. And you say those churches don't exist? They exist. They're on every corner of our town, and we should be moved by that, and it should trouble us, and we should pray for the pastors who are that they would just get back to the Word of God and that they teach the Word of God. Here's the fact of the matter. You want to build a big church, don't teach the Word of God. Because it will offend. You know who it offends? It offends those who are perishing. That's who it offends. So if you're always offended, maybe you need to ask the question Am I ready? Am I ready? Why am I always offended? Anyway, I guess I've made a fool of myself. Because of my emotions, but I, I, I you know, I, I don't, and I'll regret this when I get home. But, but I don't regret the word of God, and I, and I, and I hope that we take seriously these things. And I hope, and I pray, and we've been praying that even if it's just one person. Maybe they're not even in this building. Maybe they're watching the live stream. And maybe right now they're at home, not because they're convicted by anything I've said, but because the Holy Spirit of God has taken hold of their heart. And they're crying out to him. And they're saying, Lord, am I ready? Am I ready? And I'm ready. And they're saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And they're calling out to the Lord, and they're going to be saved. And so I would play the fool. A thousand times for one person like that. Would you stand with me, please? You uh, and...